Hello, and welcome back to the Kimberly Lovey podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Lovey. Today I have Melissa Guerrero from the Instagram account Pump Mama Pump. Melissa is a wife and mother of two, and she's also a certified lactation counselor. Melissa is here to teach us all things pumping. She's a wealth of knowledge, and I'm super excited to have her on. With that, Melissa, welcome. Melissa Guerrero, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Okay. I am so excited to have you because first of all, you're iconic. I have found (laughs) your account and on Instagram and it is super, super valuable. And it's so great to put a face and a voice behind all the value that you bring. So thank you again for coming. I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of just how you came to start this business as a lactation consultant and launching into Instagram. Can you give us some background about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and my five-year-old entered onto the scene one month early. So we were not exactly prepared (laughs) and um, it landed him a brief stay in the NICU And so the breastfeeding relationship I thought I would have, which is direct nursing, um, didn't happen right away because he didn't have the stamina to latch or the ability to latch. So the nurses in the NICU got me set up with exclusive pumping, which I didn't even know was a thing. And then while he did eventually learn how to latch, I felt that exclusive pumping worked so well for my family because my husband could split like night feedings with me, really any, any duties that he could split with me 50, 50 as possible. It worked so well that I actually chose to exclusively pump with my second baby. And I have about 22 months cumulative of exclusive pumping with between both children. And that's not to say I didn't like struggle with it. And that is part of the reason that I do what I do with pump mama pump, because I did struggle at first And I felt like, well, there's definitely not enough education about pumping specifically. There's tons of breastfeeding education as like an overall way to feed your baby, but not really pumping specifically. So I basically just came, became what I needed and I got my CLC. I'm a certified lactation counselor. So now I can work one-on-one with moms for flange sizing and uh, for any pumping issues that they have. And I run uh, Pump Mama Pump on Instagram and pumpmamapump.com is just a resource, uh, like an educational resource for mothers, whether they're exclusively pumping or going back to work and pumping or mainly nursing and just pumping a little bit, any pumping mom, I can be there for them. Wow. And when you're serving this community of women, do you typically engage with them over Zoom or how, or is it in person? How do you typically engage beyond your Instagram, which again is just a wealth of knowledge? Well, it's funny because I used to joke with my husband that I wanted to start pumping without borders because there's such a lack of support in these, these areas without support, like a I'm going to call it like a pumping desert. They just don't have like in-person lactation consultants to go to. And so, uh, especially other countries, it's just pumping is just not a thing that is talked about or supported in other countries. So I do use Zoom. I've done very few in-person consultations, so I can reach people literally all over the world via Zoom, which is such a blessing. 
That is incredible. And I love that concept of pumping without borders. I feel like there's something to that that we need to dive into, like maybe launch a podcast name that or something. There's something there that I love, but that's really, really incredible. And that's a really, really great background. And before all of this, what were you doing before you dove into this kind of new chapter of your career in your life? I'm actually an art teacher. Wow. Um, so it's a little bit different, but what it comes down to is just really my passion for education. So whenever I learn something new, I've got to share it with other people. So if it's like architecture, I share it with my art history students. If it's pumping, I share it with my mama. So it all comes down to education. Yes. I love that. And I love that you're serving from what I call the inside out, which is you kind of said it differently, which I love. You said you became the solution you needed. And so I think the way that you serve, it comes across so authentically because you're connecting so deeply with your audience and it's just very genuine and very helpful. So uh, I just love that kind of from a business lens that, you know, you're really serving the old version of yourself, you know, and I think that's where women do so well in business. Do you have a team, by the way, that supports you on Instagram and kind of throughout your business or is it just you? Cause you just do such a great job. Oh, it's just me. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's just me. I'm actually working with someone who specializes in digital wellness to decrease my time spent on my phone and increase my time with my family. Um, so while I'd like to like respond to everyone's DMS and like give the world, you know, a lot of me, I am reducing that a little bit, but no, it's, it's just me. That's incredible. How long have you had that account? Your pump mama pump account. I've had the Instagram account for just over four years. I like to say it's like my second baby. because I have, I celebrate its birthday every year. So I have a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a three-year-old, <laughs> and the four-year-old is my Instagram account. Yes, for sure. It's your business, the birth of your business. And that is legitimately another child for anyone that started a business. They know that. Yeah. I'm just super impressed with it. And it's definitely not easy to cultivate such a big following and it's just really impressive. So I just want to preface this, this discussion for those of you guys listening, a lot of what we're going to cover, Melissa covers already on her Instagram, but it's just great for us to talk through some of the concepts. So if you need to revisit some of it, or you want to see some of it, you can definitely go check her out and you'll see, I mean, it's just truly, it's extensive what you have. I mean, you really have a very, very amazing resource there with that account. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and dive in. So I think you kind of alluded to it already, but can you talk to us about who typically are the profiles of women that you see exclusively pumping? Is it working moms, stay at home moms? You mentioned moms in the NICU, like who typically do you see is sort of that demographic that you serve? Yeah. You just hit on a, a few different ones. Most commonly I see, we, we call it the pump life chose me. I see mothers who are kind of thrust into exclusive pumping either from, you know, a separation from baby, like a NICU stay or hospitalization or tongue ties, lip ties, um, poor latching, inability to latch any number of reasons that that nursing relationship just didn't pan out how they wanted to. And the thing about that is those mamas need extra, super special support because they're dealing with really strong levels of grief in some cases. And they're actually like mourning 
the breastfeeding relationship they thought they'd have. And while pumping is still breastfeeding, I want, I want everyone to be confident in their choice to exclusively pump. I need to recognize that it wasn't everyone's choice. Um, so that's a, a huge population. And then on the flip side of that, I've got to honor that it is a choice and it is a valid choice for maybe a mother who has a nursing aversion. Like there is some, some reason that they do not feel comfortable latching baby directly at the breast or like me, they might be just like super, you know, type a, and they need to track ounces out, track ounces in split feedings with other family members or their partner. And it just maybe works well in a more mechanical way. I actually liked how predictable pumping was. And that is, you know, not what you hear about breastfeeding, breastfeeding and mechanical don't really go hand in hand. (laughs) And then, yeah, some people go back to work and they might nurse at home or pump at work. And sometimes they just switch over to exclusive pumping. Sometimes it's a bottle preference. Maybe baby takes a bottle better than a breast, or maybe, you know, pumping just ends up working better for their family. So, so many reasons that a woman might exclusively pump. Yes. It's interesting because I also, I see myself in a lot of those scenarios and having had now three children, I, my story as to why I started pumping kind of was different for all of them. And I feel like your breastfeeding experience truly can be different depending on the child as well. And so what you thought you were going to do again for say baby two or three or four or whatever might not be the case. And for me, this baby, I wasn't working the first two I was. And I, like you said, I was starting to grieve that breastfeeding experience because she wasn't latching. And I was starting to get extremely upset about it and devastated because it's such a deep connection. And we did end up Mm. being able to resolve that. And I was able to nurse, but quickly flipped over to exclusively pumping because splitting duties with others. And like you said, the type a and the tracking, we use baby tracker app in our family. Are there specific apps that you tend to kind of gravitate to or recommend that you really like? There are so many out there. I have a lot of moms who use the Huckleberry app. Um, pump log is good specifically for pumping and keeping track of like, um, pump freezer stashes, especially with women who have an oversupply. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that for one second. So how do we know if we're storing enough? So historically I pumped, I pumped and I was trying to accumulate storage so that I could go back to work. I'm sure like many other moms out there, I'm doing it again this time, not because I'm going to work, but because, because I want to be able to have the ability to reduce my pumping and my breastfeeding and still kind of just have that additional supply for the baby it's hard to gauge for me, like what is a good enough supply. And so for example, my baby consumes 30 ounces of milk in a day. And then for a while I was, I had like an excess of 10 ounces. Like, how do we know when it's the right amount? Is there a way, is there a right answer there? Like, how do we even gauge what's enough? Um, there, so the, the right answer, I'm making air quotes with my fingers. The right answer is how much your baby takes. So Most breastfed babies top out, they plateau out around 30 ounces a day, exactly what you said. So a woman's goal in those first few weeks is to bring their supply up to around 30 ounces. Now, are there outliers for babies? Sure. They could take 25 ounces a day. They could take 35 ounces, but it's usually in that range. And so the mother wants to make as much milk as baby takes. Now, 
supplementing with uh, donor milk or with formula is a very real thing. And it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that you've failed <laughs> at all. A, a lot of moms, you know, drop beneath what baby takes in a day and they begin supplementing with formula and they get real freaked out and then they stop pumping all together, which makes no sense to me. Even if you could give, you know, 50% breast milk, in my opinion, as long as your mental health is not at stake, like why not continue to give 50%? So I, I went the opposite way. I went below because most of the mothers I work with is, is like more of a low supply issue that they're not making enough. And I want you to know that supplementing is like perfectly okay. And every ounce of breast milk that you can give is super beneficial to your baby. Now to answer your question, it can be a real trigger for some mothers to see these freezers full of bricks of milk. Um, and when I say brick, some people take all their breast milk bags and they freeze them flat and they put them in gallon Ziploc bags and they make like literal bricks of milk and they fill their freezer with breast milk. And for a woman with low supply, seeing those pictures online, you know, you can't help but compare yourself and your journey to someone else's journey, which it's just unfair. You, you, you know, you got to honor your journey as your own, as far as freezer supply or freezer stash of milk, there is no suggested amount. If you're going, if you're nursing at home and you're going back to work, you want just like a, a few days worth of milk because your goal will be to pump at work what you're leaving with baby's caregiver the next day. So whatever you make on Monday, you would send in with baby on Tuesday, etc. And some people can do that. They can pump three times at work and make you know, 12 to 16 ounces or however much they need to leave with baby. Some people need to lean on their freezer stash a little bit and some people need to supplement. So all that being said, there's real no right or wrong as long as baby is fed. <laughs> Come back to that. Feed your baby, not your freezer. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're also reminding us that it's not an all or nothing game. And Tell me if you have heard this before. So we had a lactation consultant for this baby and she basically said, look, even if you are only nursing once a day, it's helpful because it's signaling to your body, what your, where your baby's at and your milk will change with the baby and mature or change with the baby's needs. Uh, also providing your baby with any antibodies for any illnesses, things of that nature. Do you agree with that? Okay. This is a big myth in the breastfeeding community that you need to latch baby physically onto your breast to signal to your body what to do. And it's a myth for a few reasons. There's very limited research that backwash is a thing that something goes from the baby into your body to give it signals. Rather, baby, I say you're not latching at all, not at all. If you're around your baby, and you're both exposed to the same germs, your body will begin producing those antibodies through your breast milk simply because you are exposed to the same germs and you're sampling them off of baby through touch, through kiss, through cuddling. Um, so that's been a hot topic over the past few years because of antibodies. Um, so I want exclusive pumping moms to rest assured that their body is still making antibodies, even though they're not latching baby. The other thing is, and it, it, I get kind of silly about it because it's not like you latch baby and baby sends signals. I'm six months old, you know, make six month milk. No, your body does that post. Um, it knows how long it is postpartum. So it changes your milk 
as, as you age, as your baby ages, because you're that farther along three months, six months, nine months postpartum, your baby is not sending signals about how old it is. And yeah, that seems a little silly for me to say, but it does bring pumping moms a bit of relief to know that their breast milk is still changing um, to suit the needs of their baby. That is really great to know. Thank you for clarifying that. And I guess along those lines, one concern I have, and I'm sure other moms have is because I've stored milk from the beginning, I do kind of worry that if I'm giving now my four month old milk from when she was two weeks old, like, is that good enough? Or how do I reconcile that? Do I need to mix with current milk and old milk? Like, how does this, how do we reconcile that and make good use of our older milk? The milk is still good. That's point blank. It's still good. Please feed it to your baby. Frozen milk is good for up to 12 months. They used to be a discrepancy between the freezer that's attached to your fridge and a deep freezer or chest freezer. Now the CDC just says best by six months, good for 12 months. And the nutrient levels will be a bit different. So you used two weeks and for like at a four month old baby stage. Okay. Okay. That that's, I mean, it's darn near similar composition of milk. Your baby may, as they age, need a little bit more of that milk. So if you use the milk from early on and you're used to offering four ounces, they may take four and a half to meet up that nutrient difference. You know, if you're used to your baby's hunger cues, you would just know that they're not completely satisfied and then offer them a half ounce, an ounce you know, probably not more than an ounce more to meet up those nutrient differences, but it'll be just fine and beneficial to your baby. Now, the only difference is colostrum. That first, that first beginning thick yellow colostrum that you make is highly concentrated. So if you're using that for an older baby, I highly suggest diluting it in more mature milk because it's very concentrated and you might notice, um, a little bit of runny stool with it, because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to clear your baby out right after they're born, get that meconium out, get everything in their digestive tract moving. So you can use it, just dilute it with more mature milk. The other part of your question was, do you, you know, do you use that older milk first? Do you use fresh milk? If you have fresh milk available, that's always best. Always use the fresh milk. But some moms do this thing called a freezer rotation where they'll use their older milk first in their freezer and then freeze some fresher milk. Some people do it like a bottle a day or a breast milk bag a day or have frozen milk Friday. Um, and that way you can ensure that that milk isn't staying in your freezer forever and that you are kind of rotating through your stash if you do have a stash. That is so helpful. And if we did dilute or mix like old and new milk, like in a single feeding, would you keep them in separate bottles for any reason, or you could completely mix it? It's fine. You can absolutely mix it. When frozen milk is thawed, it's good for 24 hours after complete thaw, like after there's no ice crystals. So as long as you're using it within 24 hours, even if it's mixed with fresh milk, that might be good for four days. The timeline goes from the frozen milk, not the fresh milk. 
Got it. Okay. That is great. This is a masterclass we're getting for you, <laughs> by the way, I'm going to re-listen to this about 20 times, just so you know, for my own selfish purposes, I um, get really long winded. Cause I could just talk about this subject forever. Well, but I'm glad you are because not enough people are, and you're so equipped to do so. And it's just, just, yes, just keep going sister. That's all I can say. Okay. So then I want to actually ask a question that I'm still not even clear on when is, okay, I'll say it this way because I know everybody's journey is a little bit different. So let's just say in a perfect world that you have a full-term baby and, or a near full-term baby, and you're not forced per se to pump. When is the right time to start pumping? Okay. That's a loaded question. You'll hear lots of um, lactation professionals say to wait until the nursing relationship has been established. You've worked out latch, you've worked out all those kinks, maybe met with a lactation professional to assess milk transfer. They have really sensitive scales and they can actually weigh your baby before and after a feed to see exactly how much milk they're transferring. I agree with that. Get all of that ironed out right away, right after birth, preferably by seeing a lactation professional in person. But then as far as when you pump, it's really up to you. Some nursing mothers never, ever pump because they are never separated from their baby, which would drive me crazy. So everyone's different. Some people don't pump until they go back to work. What you, what you wouldn't want to do, I'll start there. What you wouldn't want to do is nurse every feet of the day and pump every feet of the day. Unless, you know, you're working on low supply and you're working one-on-one with a lactation professional who has told you to do that. You're going to force your body into some sort of oversupply, which is not the good kind. It's going to cause, you know, lots of problems with engorgement and potentially clogged ducts, potentially mastitis. Oversupply isn't necessarily something that you want. So you don't want to trick your body into oversupply, but can you pump once a day? Sure. After your first feed of the day is a great time to pump. If you're nursing, get a little freezer stash, put a little away, or, you know, go to target and leave your baby with your partner and a bottle. The more important thing to talk about is when to introduce a bottle. So say you have a little bit of a stash or say you've started pumping. Babies have this automatic suck reflex that if you stick anything in their mouth, your fingertip, anything, they'll start sucking while they lose that over time. They can lose that as early as like 10 weeks. So at least getting them used to a bottle nipple early on, and especially, you know, before you go back to work, will get baby used to a bottle. And then they'll be more likely to take that bottle from someone that you're leaving them with uh, if you go back to work. Yep. That's great. And I knew that that was a loaded question. And I also was going to ask about the bottle introduction. So thank you for seamlessly sharing that. By the way, you have a brilliant video for those of you guys that need to get more information about recommended types of bottles. Melissa had this great video on her Instagram that shows you which bottles and why, and just some great education there. So go take a look. I was watching it this morning. I'm like, yes, this is just so helpful. Okay. So then can we talk a little bit about diet and nutrition and hydration 
and, and then I want to get into stress also, because my first two, I personally struggled with low supply and this time mm. I haven't, and I'd love to hear your take on nutrition and how to best kind of up our supply and our eating and dietary habits around serving us. Yes. All the things, one of my favorite topics. Okay. So first I want to, I want to say that breast milk is based on demand. So your supply is based on your demand. So after birth, you want to be removing milk regularly. That means regular intervals, like every two hours or every three hours, whether that's responding to baby's cues and nursing regularly around the clock or pumping around the clock every three hours, usually in those first few weeks or months. And there's really no supplement cookie, food, galactagogue, we call them, none of that that will make up for that. People want an easy fix. They want to take a pill. Uh, and while there are herbal supplements out there, the thing about them is if they cause an increase in supply, it's usually only while taking them and only while taking a lot of them. So a, a, I won't say the name, but a very famous brand has about 60 capsules in a bottle, but you're supposed to take, oh my gosh, you're supposed to take like three of them three times a day or something. And really that bottle that costs $25 has a 10 day supply. Those 60 capsules only last 10 days. So you're spending a lot of money and you're also introducing a lot of herbs into your body that your body's not used to and your baby's not used to. So I get really skeptical when it comes to herbal supplements. There are healthier ways to support your diet, um, definitely through protein and good fats. So lactation needs calories. You need extra calories more than you would eat in a normal day because you're going to burn them creating milk. Now, lactation doesn't care where you're getting those calories from. You could like drink all the milkshakes and eat all the cheesecakes. But I like to see my mamas increasing their calories in a healthy way by focusing on good fats and proteins. And you can sneak those in like protein bars, meal replacement bars, instead of replacing a meal, add that meal replacement bar, make a protein shake that's full of those good things, sip on it all morning. Uh, depending on, you know, how much cooking you can actually do. And the thing about hydration is that while drinking an excess of water will not automatically increase your supply, dehydration will decrease your supply. So make sure you're hydrated simply to support lactation. Um, and if you notice that you're dehydrated, you might also notice that your supply is going down because it just doesn't have enough to work with, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. And something that I noticed for my milk is that when I drink electrolyte water, it does seem to really help my milk or keep me more hydrated. Is there truth to that? Or am I making that up? Well, there absolutely is truth to that. And there's electrolytes in various foods and drinks and a simple Google search will give you like a whole list of things that have um, both natural and supplemented electrolytes. Think about like sports drinks. So when you are exerting yourself, you want a sports drink that has electrolytes because you're replacing those that you're exerting through physical activity. Well, even if you're sitting on the couch, 
your body is actually exerting itself. It's actually doing physical activity, making your breast milk. So yes, electrolytes are absolutely beneficial to lactation. The thing to watch is that many electrolyte drinks have a high amount of sugar. So you want to choose a drink that is also not going to give you a ton of sugar just to make a more healthy choice. Got it. Okay. That's, that's great to know. You know, the other thing I noticed is as far as weight gain. So I don't really struggle with my weight personally, but I know so many women do, but there is one thing I noticed is that when I am nursing, my body tends to hang on to, I'll say the last seven to 10 pounds or five to 10 pounds or something of my, my baby weight. And as soon as I stop nursing, the weight seems to fall off. Is there, do you think that there's some validity or a reason why we might hang on to an extra, say five pounds, 10 pounds, or is it just like, does our body need that extra fat or it's just that girl, I finally stopped eating so much. Like what, what is that? (laughs) Some women are promised that all their baby weight will just fall off if they're breastfeeding. And when they either gain weight or retain some of that weight, they think they're doing something wrong. And they might get really resentful about their body or even their breastfeeding journey. I I don't have a great answer for you other than calories and maintaining a high level of calories during lactation is so important that if you want to return to like physical activity because you love working out, you might want to choose something that's not high, high calorie burning, you know, hit classes or or running or spinning because you actually want to retain a little, a little bit of that weight. You want to retain the calories. You want to increase your calories. So while I think anyone who feels better physically and mentally when they move their body should absolutely be free to do so. It's, it's just not the time to like go on a diet, let's say to purposefully lose weight. And then you said that after you stopped breastfeeding, then you were able to lose that remaining amount of weight. And like, maybe that would be the time to work out and to, to diet. If that's something that you choose to do. You know what? I love the way that you're really making that comparison or that uh, drawing that line clearly around exercise, diet, and nursing, because this is something that I think is the difference for me. And I don't hear anybody really talking about this. My first two, I dove right into exercising, specifically HIIT training. I used to do Barry's boot camp. I don't know if you know that, but it's, you know, it's just very intense. And for me, it's all about the mental health and feeling great mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Now this time I am really trying not to lose the baby weight and I have not gone back to HIIT training and what I'll do because exercise for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of people out there is very important just for our mental health, especially as a mom and you're trapped in the house and all that stuff. So I have taken up just like walking with the baby and just very low impact just to get the endorphins, but I've really protected myself as far as not losing the weight. And I have to say, I think that's the biggest difference that and stress, which I want to ask you about. I think out of the three babies, this has been the best one because I haven't run back to exercising. What role do you think stress plays in nursing or pumping breastfeeding? So we're coming down to hormones when we have this conversation and the stress hormone cortisol counteracts oxytocin, which causes our letdowns. It causes the free flow of milk that, that prolactin 
creates the milk, the oxytocin lets it down. When you, when you talk about your milk ejection reflex or you're let down, that's oxytocin. So that's a love hormone. So the love hormone and the stress hormone, you know, don't go together. So many times we see mothers who, when they're relaxed, they actually create more milk than when they're on a really timed break at work and they, you know, are feeling a lot of stress. It happens most often at work. They're, they're in a stressful environment. So their body is stressed out. Their mind is stressed out. They'll actually see that they're pumping less milk because those two hormones are kind of fighting and the cortisol is like inhibiting that free flow of oxytocin. It might take longer to experience a letdown. They might have, you know, two or three letdowns when at work, they only have one. So, you know, what do we do about that? Like, how do we create a calm space or even in your own home, maybe you have older children, maybe you have stressors that you can't control and it's affecting your milk supply. My biggest suggestion is to focus on what you can control and focus on your five senses. So can you put in some earbuds and put on some music that calms you down or a show that completely distracts you in a good way? How are you feeling? Are you cold? Do you need to put on another layer? Do you need to switch into slippers to feel more comfortable? What are you smelling? What are you looking at? Like literally dive into your five senses and to kind of create a false sense of calm to kind of counteract all those stressors of things that you actually can't control. So just focus on what you can control. I love that. That is super helpful. And I think, you know, for me, I do put on the slippers. I do have my pumping jacket, which is basically a cozy jacket. I stole from my husband and it's become my pumping jacket and it's so cozy and I just love it. And that, and a warm cup of coffee, you know, all those things, because yes, there's a lot of stresses outside. So I, I just love your advice about, about using heat and massage and all of these things definitely do really work. So I, again, please visit Melissa's Instagram account because she really gives you specific tips about how to create those environments and they absolutely work. How about pumping and dumping? When are, is pumping and dumping appropriate ever? And if so, in what scenarios does it make sense? Okay, people usually think about two things when they think about pumping and dumping. First one is drinking for mothers who do partake in alcohol. They're concerned. Can they do it while they're breastfeeding? Can they do it at all? Maybe they've held off during pregnancy and then they're like, oh, I had a baby. Now I can drink again. Oh, wait, I'm breastfeeding. So the primary thing is that you feel comfortable that you do like mentally, you feel comfortable feeding your baby the milk that you're creating. So even if one small drink makes you feel really anxious, then that's reason enough to not drink or to not use that milk. While it pains me to dump milk, you know, it's always a choice. I would rather you use it in a milk bath. You just add it to your baby's bath. It's really, really good for your skin. You can even add it to your own bath or other children. It's really, really good for your skin other than pouring it down the drain, which makes me cry. But you will see a lot of resources as, as well as on my page that a drink is fine, especially if you wait like two, three hours before you pump it's, it doesn't get stored in your breast milk. It goes through 
just like it goes through your blood and breast milk is made from blood. So just as you might have a drink and you might feel just a little bit tipsy for a little while and then you get sober again, same thing happens with your milk. So the alcohol will peak in your milk and then it will decline in your milk. It won't like sit there in your breast forever. So that's alcohol. And then uh, medication. I find that doctors being less educated will always tell you to pump and dump. So instead of just, you know, listening, I, I want you to listen to your doctor, but check with a lactation professional and check with a resource like infant risk center online. There's mommy meds, there's hails. There's so many, I have a whole list of resources you can even Google resources for medical interactions that they, that's exactly what they do. And that's only what they do. So they'll tell you whether it's safe to feed baby your milk after taking that medication, whether that medication might cause a decrease in supply, like a decongestant might cause a decrease in supply. And there's very, very, very few instances where you would actually have to dump that milk. There's one where like for a CAT scan, it's like a contrast dye that gets in your body. That one is like an absolute dumper, but there's so, so few instances where you actually have to dump your milk. It's best to check with a um, professional first. Okay. That's very good to know. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. Question around travel. So what do you have for us in terms of successfully pumping and traveling? Any tips you can give us how to preserve our milk? If say we're away from our baby, anything that you can think of, that's just overall a helpful tip on travel. There's been a big stir lately about TSA, especially with flight travel and um, their inability to know what to do about breast milk. Go online. If you're traveling in a plane, go online, go onto TSA, read your rights, read their rules, print them out and bring them to the airport. So you can show whoever you're fighting with. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. I shouldn't have to say that. To educate whoever, you know, is, is restricting you from carrying on breast milk without a baby. That's a big one. They always want to see the baby. When many times mothers travel without babies and they're going to have breast milk and they're not going to have a baby. That's okay. That's your right. You're able to fly with breast milk when you don't have a baby present, but you don't know those rights until you read all the stuff from the airline online. So do your research, come prepared. And then the logistics of it, you want to stick to your schedule as much as possible. So if you're nursing at home and your baby feeds every like two to three hours, you want to pump every two to three hours when you're away from your baby. That's the same thing on vacation, on a work trip doesn't like change. You can't take a vacation from pumping. You're still going to have to pump refrigerate that milk, make sure wherever you're staying provides you with a refrigerator or that you have a backup if they don't, like if you buy one or you keep a cooler constantly refreshed with ice, take care of that milk, freeze the milk if possible. Um, and you can bring it home fresh. You can bring it home frozen. Um, you can check the luggage. You can carry the luggage on. You have a lot of rights as far as breast milk. Some people will ship it. Milk Stork is a great, a great service that will ship your milk. Now it does cost a lot of money to actually ship your milk, but it's one way to get it home. Now the caveat to all of this is international travel. 
does not use TSA. It's an American thing. So check with whatever airline you're taking that's an international airline because they might have their own rules and always, always print out anything having to do with traveling with breast milk. Wow. Love that. Okay. Rapid fire as we wrap this up. Best places to donate milk. If you have an oversupply and you have excess milk you want to donate, how can we do it? First check with the human breast milk bank of America. I forget the acronym. You could Google it. It's an overarching one and they'll have a whole database of ones that are near you in your state or in a surrounding state. If you want to do formal milk donation, formal milk donation has screening process. Um, the milk banks pasteurize your milk. They mix it all together. They pasteurize it just like um, dairy milk is pasteurized. And then it goes to hospitals where it might benefit NICU babies. Formal milk is a really, really great way to donate your milk. There's also informal milk donation, which is just mother to mother, which I have done myself through human milk for human babies groups on Facebook. They're also find a group near you and you link up with a mom who needs milk or you request milk yourself with informal milk donation. There's a level of trust there because you don't know if that mother's drinking, smoking, you don't know what medication that mother is taking. Now, if it's like your sister-in-law that has a lot of extra milk and you don't, and they're giving it to you, that's different because you trust that person and you know that, that person's lifestyle. So please use caution with informal milk donation. And if you have a massive oversupply, please look into formal milk donation first. Great. What is your favorite on the go pump? And what is your favorite pump at home? Oh my gosh, I could talk about that forever. Um, my favorite is Spectra, the, the blue one, Spectra S1. That's like my baby. I love it. Um, but it's, if you've ever held a Spectra, it's like a little bowling ball. It's heavy. Um, so I love the ability to multitask when I pump. It makes me feel more free. It makes me feel less chained to my pump. So I used the baby Buddha as well as my Spectra, but now there's one called Pumpables Genie Advance, and that has more cycle levels and vacuum levels. It's more adjustable than the baby Buddha. The baby Buddha is a strong strong little pump. And if you can stand the strength, like I could go for it, but the other one is more adjustable and a manual pump, having a manual pump and learning how to use a manual pump, like the Medela Harmony is great. If you're pumping as a passenger in a car, if you're, um, quick pumping on the go, like in the nursing room at target, which I have done, or, you know, in my minister's office at church, I've literally like borrowed their office to pump with my little Medela Harmony. Um, I pumped at a fair. I've pumped on the beach. You can really expand your ability to pump anywhere with a manual pump because it doesn't take batteries. You don't have to plug it in, but there's a bit of a learning curve. So check out my manual pump highlight on Instagram or tutorials on YouTube of how to use them first so that you know how to use it. Love it. Okay. What can you share about clogs or mastitis? How do we relieve them, avoid them? Any tips you have there? So there's many ways to relieve clogs, which you could actually use a manual pump to relieve a clog. You can use heat, you can use vibration. Um, they actually make like lactation massagers. 
Uh, you can do an Epsom salt water soak, put your breast in Epsom salt water to kind of draw out that clog. But all the ways that you relieve clogs, you're still getting those clogs. So it's best to work with a professional to see why it keeps happening and how to avoid it in the future. One reason that a lot of women get clogs is that they have the incorrectly sized flange. They're using a flange that is too large and it's not fully emptying them. It might slip off-centered. And when your flange is off-centered, you're not removing milk equally from the whole breast. You're targeting half of the breast more than the other half. Um, so a correctly sized flange should help someone who's getting recurrent clogs or learning how to do like therapeutic breast massage while pumping in order to move all that milk and remove all that milk and not leave any in the breast. Because when you leave it in the breast, it could, like you said, lead to mastitis, which you would know if you had like a red spot on your breast and a, a fever with flu-like symptoms. And at that point, you absolutely need to see a, a doctor or an OBGYN to care for your mastitis. That's beyond just having a clog. And that's sort of out of my wheelhouse. Got it. Amazing. Okay. Last question. Less thin pills, yay or nay? That's another way to thin your milk just a little bit and help it flow better, especially if your anatomy lends itself to frequent clogging. Do a little more research on like how much to take, how often to take it. But a lot of mothers have success and have like less or fewer clogs because they are on a sunflower lectin. Now you probably want to order that online because you're supposed to get the sunflower kind and not the soy kind. And like at most pharmacies, they just have the soy kind. Great. Okay. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Where can everyone find you if they want to check you out and work with you or just follow you? How can we stay in touch? Thanks for having me on. I've really appreciated it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's my main platform at pump underscore mama underscore pump M O M M a pump mama pump and at pump mama pump.com. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been awesome having you. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.